You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Ted Gall. Ted, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Ted, we're talking about your show, Lagoon, at uh, Harkowick, and uh, that, that just closed last month, February 18th in 2023. We're, of course, talking on uh, March 21st, 2023. And uh, to begin with, let's, let's talk about this, this, this solo show, the, the name of the solo show, um, which seems like it relates to the, to the narratives that we're likely going to discuss. But... Lagoon. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that name and how that relates to the show? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I think that like a lot of uh, painters or artists, I think that you're kind of constantly writing down ideas uh, for titles, whether it's for shows or uh, the names of works. And um, I had had uh, Lagoon written down for a long time in the notes section in my phone. And I kind of like how it worked in two ways. I kind of liked how it was in a, in a way, if it were French, kind of saying like the goon, uh, kind of this 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 swamp character, and then uh, also working as in the word like lagoon, as in you know a swamp or a body of water. And I, I thought that it was you know a good fit for this body of work, considering a lot of the uh, imagery involves figures kind of in these water landscapes or in these kind of hazy landscapes. Um, I also just like the word goon because it's kind of prevalent in in uh hip-hop music and it had been used for uh names of a lot of mixtapes and used by popular rappers that i grew up listening to so these were all kind of reasons that i had kind of latched on to that name and had been kind of waiting for an opportunity to use it so that's kind of how it came about cool and and there's there's a few different types of work in this in this show that, that we're going to talk about but some of them um, because it's it's hard to see this with with you know just images that there are on on this website along with the the interview that, that listeners are are listening to now. There's there's smaller works and there's much larger works in the show, right? That's one thing that that struck me, right? This this sense of right. scale that you seem to be interested in between yep. the, the the small and the large, which I really love because often in shows there there isn't that. Uh, separation artists tend to work or that I've seen in a more or less a specific size and while there's some larger ones there isn't usually quite the difference there is in in yours so so just to speak to scale before we get into to more of these um, between the smaller works and the and essentially those are unstretched right yeah the, the, the that you call tarps the larger works right yeah so uh, the larger works were just just unstretched basically on painting drop cloths um, and those came about because I, I really like to work large when I have the ability to but I think that a lot of painters run into this problem where when you're working really large uh, you know if you're working with stretchers uh, you, you you run into this problem where it's like well if I'm not showing them or they don't sell what do I do with these paintings where do I put them uh, they can become really difficult to, to facilitate so I was making these and just enjoying the freedom of being able to throw them aside, roll them up. Uh, that's really how they came about, was just kind of wanting to work large and not be stuck in this kind of medium-sized format. And uh, when Peter Harkowick saw the large works, he was like, I think these would be 
a really interesting, you know, body of work to put in the show with the other work. And I think it fit well with the space because that Orchard Street space is, is, uh, it's got really, really, uh, high feelings. So I, I think if I hadn't included the larger work, I think the, the medium size work would have actually felt much smaller. So I think that was kind of like a happy accident. That's interesting. And, and, and to go through, some of them, one of the large works was called Tree with Lichen. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I love this one, and perhaps it's a good one to start talking with. It's, uh, it's also one that's, that's really big. We're, we're looking at something that's like six by ten feet almost here, right? Right. Yep. And, and, and this one, um, it is on one level what it says, a tree with lichen, but it's, it's, it seems to be, but it's so much more. We're looking at something almost liminal, right, which is something that happens with the rest, not quite sure what's happening in here. There does seem to be like a beyond or something that's much more, uh, I don't want to say a narrative, but, the, but, but there is, right? There's something happening in all of this work that's happening in this one, which is we're not exactly sure what we're, what we're looking at, right? There's, there's a lot of room in here to, to kind of move around, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. I think this one in particular, um, I was kind of, kind of the idea was being underneath the tree and kind of looking up almost as if you were on your back looking into the sky and, uh, you know, the tree trunk that's kind of going from the middle to the top of the painting uh, kind of can work also as a highway or a road or even, you know, leading into a horizon. And um, yeah, I think that, you know, I talk about this with other painters. I think that making strictly abstract painting is actually the hardest painting to make. I I think I'm constantly trying to do it and then I find what looks like a figure or a tree or a part of a landscape and I start to get pulled in that direction and that's that's usually what ends up happening with almost every painting I make. So I think that even if I go more towards abstract, which I definitely pushed for with these large format pieces, I think it's still ends up uh, relying on nature, relying on landscape and, you know, themes of, you know, whatever's outside the window, I think ends up being a big part of it, uh, whether I like it or not. Okay, I want to talk more about that and specifically with another larger one, but I I think we should talk about one in between now um, that speaks to what you're just saying. There's uh, one called Blank Hutch, which is, a uh, little bit smaller. This is three by four feet, and um, and this one to me seems completely abstract. So you think it's hard to make an abstract one? And I want to talk I'll talk about another figurative work after this. But this one in particular, um, aside what what could be a small figure in there or not, this one right. does seem to me to be entirely abstract. Or or no, there there is a figure in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had done a previous show with Harkwick in Los Angeles uh, a year before this New York show, and I had made a painting, uh, kind of uh, this this form of a cabinet with items inside of it, and then I did a show in London at a gallery called Mammoth where I, I continued using the theme of these kind of cabinets with skinny legs, uh, or what you would call a hut, which you, you would keep things in, like China, um, so for this show, I wanted to make one of these cabinets that was completely blank or had a blanket over it or, you know, was being seen at night in the dark. Um, so, yeah, even though this comes off, you know, at, at a first look as an abstract painting, which it is, I think that, you know, this was me using the bones of these other works 
uh, of these cabinet works and then doing one with just with just nothing inside of it. And so that is almost a narrative structure, right? When you talk about yeah. like the, 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 the bones of it. Yeah, I see. That's interesting. Right. And so and so to look at a very another large scale work, uh, there's one called Purgatory 2, and uh, this is also from 2022, another kind of huge piece. Um, this one seems very, it is figurative, but this one has a strong narrative, right? Not quite as, uh, if liminal is the right word, with tree with lichen, which, which seems almost like, tree with lichen seems almost like a, like could be an ecstatic experience or something like beyond right. this this world. And I suppose purgatory is too, but it seems very very specific. Um, we're looking at what seems like, yeah, bodies being drawn upwards. This is, uh, you know, looks almost like, um, like uh, reminds me of William Blake a little bit, but something that is, uh, um, that is literally about another world. That's literally about moving between worlds potentially. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this, this, uh, this work is one of those, you know, I, I joke with friends where sometimes you're making a painting and it really comes along uh, very easily, almost sometimes too easily. And then other, other paintings you kind of have to work over and over. And I think this was one of those paintings that uh, looks the way it does because so many layers underneath are coming through. And uh, I think that, you know, this surface, of this painting it's hard it's hard to see on the screen but in person you can see that how much has gone to it and yeah it's exa exactly the idea is kind of these these bodies that are kind of in limbo uh which could be you know a forest or an ocean or you know something a little bit more beyond that and you know that's where the title kind of came into play and does that relate to you know is is this just a narrative that you're drawing on almost like a like a research-based practice, I know yours isn't, but or 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 is this something that's been um, been drawn from recent experience? In, in just in terms of this, is this, in other words, a post-pandemic painting kind of thing? Because that comes to mind just because we've been through the pandemic. Or is there another kind of um, don't want to say agenda, but but thinking of yeah, does it relate to yeah, something I specific? I I think for this one, I think for uh, a lot of work that I make and I spend time looking at is I think the title comes out of just spending time with the work, looking at it, thinking about what could be possible and what situations going on in the painting. And I think for this one, you know, the top starts out very light uh, palette wise and starts to shift into a more water ocean based palette in the middle into a kind of richer green at the bottom. And I think that I was looking at these figures the way they were floating in this painting and thinking, you know, some of them are above, some of them below, and some of them, you know, it, it literally kind of in this purgatory, this in-between space or this stuck space. Um, so I think a, a lot of the paintings really kind of helped me to figure out what they should be called, what story they should be uh, telling. And I think that the last couple shows, the show in Los Angeles, the show that I did in London and in New York, is there... I, someone said to me, they said these, uh, some of these paintings feel kind of sad. They feel kind of melancholy. And I don't think that I'm setting out to, to make sad paintings or, you know, melancholy type work. But I think that I can definitely, I, I, I didn't see it the way they were seeing it, but I can kind of see it now the more I look over my own work. But to me, I'm just making what I want to make with the colors I like to use. So sometimes you need to, to step outside of your own studio and 
you know, talk to other people about the way they're looking at it, which can be really helpful to understand your own work. Absolutely. And um, there's, there's uh, I mean, several other works that I'd like to talk about, but another very large one is called River Room. And uh, this, is, this is another one that looks like about six by ten, vertical. And, yep. you know, to me, this is just kind of a gorgeous use of, of pain, very sort of atmospheric, feels like there's a lot of depth to move in there. Um, does not look figurative to me, although maybe I could see faces in here. This feels more like, um, yeah, like like a, a landscape without a horizon or or some other kind of internal experience. But that that title River Room seems to uh, to me make me wonder: Is it about something kind of like an infinity room or or you know this this room of sort of endless um, reflections, in which which isn't an association I had with that at first. It looks to me like um, like it is entirely abstract and that this is about a almost a force, internal or external. Yeah, I like that you're saying the word force. I think that I, I was really thinking a lot about how to portray uh, how weather feels, um, you know, when it becomes overcast or when it becomes stormy or when it's about to rain. I think that was kind of what I was trying to achieve in this painting was the feeling of something oncoming. Uh, the title uh, comes from a small apartment my mom rented uh, in Northwest Connecticut uh, when she focused on uh, getting sober. And I, I, I felt like the two kind of pink images on the left and right uh, resemble these kind of small stone apartments in this kind of garden alleyway. Uh, so I, I, I named that painting River Room as a dedication to her. And I think that sometimes with my, my parents, especially my mom, it's kind of hard to connect uh, with her with what I do, uh, making paintings and doing this for a living. So that was kind of a dedication to her for that to be in the show. That's mm, beautiful. It's a beautiful um, kind of story and imagery. Yeah, so, so River Room then becomes this place of, uh, of healing, right, uh, yeah. of, of contemplation. Oh. Absolutely. And um, and in the next one I'd love to talk about, which kind of going back and forth between things that are figurative and, and or certainly more figurative and abstract, there's death leading sleepwalking boy to river, um, another river association. Uh, yeah, can you tell me about this one? This also feels like it's part of a story, a specific narrative. Uh, at the same time, like purgatory, you know, death leading, sleeping boy, you know, it, it also seems to have this, uh, yeah, quality of it, of it being part of a much larger picture. Um, but I imagine that has a specific reference for you. Uh, I mean, the reference for this one was, I, I basically, it's, it sounds kind of silly, but, you know, a lot of the times when I'm making work, like I mentioned before, uh, things start to look a certain way and they kind of pull me in a direction. So when I was making the image of the boy walking into the river, I started making the background, like a dark background to give it kind of some saturation to give it some difference in the, in the two layers. And the, the image in the background with the dark, dark color started to look like somebody kind of creeping over him. And then I was able to kind of sculpt out a hand on his shoulder and then this character kind of became this looming death character in a hood in the back with the sunset. Um, 
it wasn't planned, but it kind of started going that direction. And because it started to, to work uh, pictorially, that was exciting. So I figured why not push this in this direction and see if it, if it pans out. Uh, and it did. And it's funny, I really like that painting, but I was also worried to show it because I figured, well, this is going to be a painting that people are going to really be kind of maybe uh, turned off by because of the dark subject matter. But um, the nice thing was I got really good feedback on that painting, um, mostly by artists, which I thought was really great. Other other painters really like that painting. Well, that's the, the, the process you're describing is also so much about painting, right? It's kind of the painting talking to you, having a dialogue with the painting as opposed to planning it all out. Something starts to emerge and you start moving towards what that is that's emerging. And in this case, um, it being a, a figure of death, it almost seems like a dialogue with the unconscious to some degree, right? This isn't what you planned. This is what came out. This is what, you know, in your words, you might be even hesitant to show but it's um, it's a dialogue of some kind, isn't it? Is that too much to say? It's with the unconscious, or at least it's the it's a dialogue with the painting, right? I, I you know, it's funny. I think it's always there, and I'm not some some sort of macabre person walking around. But I think that the idea of time and what's inevitable, um, and I think aging has definitely been on my mind, not just because of the last couple of years and what we've all gone through, but you know, uh, turning 40 soon and noticing a lot of gray hair in the mirror and uh, realizing that, you know, your your ride is maybe halfway done. So maybe maybe more on my mind than I realize and maybe coming out in the paintings, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's such, an, such an interesting process, right? What's, what's, what's underneath the surface. So to talk a little bit about the surface on these, the 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 technique you're using. Some of these are acrylic, and in this case of death leading sleeping void to river, there's also Moroccan pigments as well as graphite and colored pencil. Now, these are materials that are in the in the other works. What is Moroccan pigments? Um, I, I imagine that's also acrylic? Yeah, these are just powdered pigments that um, you can use. I, I use them very light to make washes, um, to, to, to prep canvases to give kind of like a background or underneath color. Um, and then everything's uh, water-based, and it's funny because people think it's all oil. I mean, I love oil, but I'm very particular about uh, being able to work quickly, and uh, oil just doesn't afford me the drying time. Um, so, yeah, I use anything that's, you know, basic stuff, expensive stuff, stuff I find in hobby stores, stuff that people give me kind of a little bit of everything. And I use very little actual paint. I still have paint from years ago. Um, I mostly use brushes uh, to the point where they're destroyed because I'm looking for this kind of light, chalky finish, um, which is just the way I like to work. It's just kind of what I've been doing over the last couple of years. So, yeah, everything's uh, water-based and um, no chemicals, trying to keep it nice and safe in the studio. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful use of those of those materials. Uh, Ted, I, I want to ask you one more question before we go, which is a little off topic. Uh, what are you sure. reading at the moment? Right now, I'm reading. Uh, I'm rereading Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Um, taking my time with it. I just read a chunk of it on a plane, and then the last book I finished before this one was uh, a story about the actor. 
from the TV show Friends and his journey on sobriety, which was a real eye-opener. Ted, I want to thank you so much for putting together this show and, and talking to me about it, and, and thanks again for your, yeah, your time and your work. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.